This is the Movie Hall of Fame for Thursday, December 17th, 2020. I'm Nico. That's Adam. We're your hosts. Mm-hmm. I love the pods that where the prep time is five seconds. What's that? You know, the prep was about five seconds for this and that there was no prep. We just did it. We're just doing it, baby. We're just, yeah, free balling it, baby. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. A little rat-a-tat-tat. Sorry, guys. <laughs> It's the holidays. It's yeah. a busy time. It's a stressful time for everyone. Yeah. And I'm sure the listeners feel the same way. The blood pressure's up here, guys. We just want to get... I, I can't believe I'm saying it. I actually kind of want to get this this month over with. This is the worst fucking December. I mean, obviously, it's the worst year ever. Yeah. So December should be no different. Appropriate. But God. Jesus Christ. It's just been long and, like I said, repetitive. And I just... Ugh. Yeah. I... I think it's like racing towards the finish line of getting 2020 out of the way, right. which is a stupid thing because it's totally arbitrary. It doesn't matter. 2021, you know, for the at least hopefully at the beginning, you know, it, it's not going to be much different. Hopefully it changes. But at, at the start, it's just going to be the same shit. Yeah, um, I, I guess so. That's, right? that's the spirit. I'm not. <laughs> what do you what do you think? Should old acquaintance be forgot? I guess. No, it's not going to be any different. <laughs> What's the where's the indication that it's going to change on a dime? No, it's not. But I mean, at least we'll feel better on New Year's Eve. Oh, uh, hey, it's we, as we're by ourselves. We got past counting down the ball drop. <laughs> I'm calling it now. The ball falls off <laughs> and, it, <laughs> and it crushes everyone in Times Square. Uh, hopefully Ryan Seacrest at the least. <laughs> We lost Ryan. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I am in uh I am in a particularly grinchy mood. Why? This this winter. I don't know, just been a bad year, I guess. It's been a it's bad been, year for everyone. Yeah, it's been a terrible year. You know, and I, I uh I, I put up a couple decorations and you know, I'm doing my thing, but I'm sort of just going through the motions because like I, I I'm not doing Christmas parties. I haven't been to a Christmas party. I don't think I'm going to go to a Christmas party. I went to a cookie swap the other day. It was fine. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't know. It's just, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. It just doesn't, it doesn't feel like Christmas. It doesn't feel like Christmas. No, it really doesn't feel like Christmas for me. It, like I said, it's been a terrible month. Mm. I have something that ended up happening in my life. I'll tell you that after the pod. Cause it's off air conversation. Yeah, yeah, it's a big deal, but is uh, it? Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, so this entire month is oh, just no. been like, what the fuck is going on with Jesus Christ? Like, can, can this year just go to hell for the love of God? It's just been the worst shit ever. Yeah. Uh, I've been trying to bury myself in Christmas movies to sort of put myself in the mood, like that fonder time where we got together, held hands yeah. and then sung that song at the end of the Grinch. welcome yeah 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 i i watched uh the the first hour of small acts and then i had to go to bed oh word mangrove oh mangrove yeah pretty good yeah yeah not bad it's not great but uh the second one is great yeah i'm sure it is yeah yeah have you seen the other ones uh no i haven't there's two more available and the last one i believe comes out on friday uh i've been catching up with some other stuff Okay. Uh, which I guess I should just talk about. Right. Some of them will make my end of the year list, though, so I, I want to save that to oh. next week's pod. Okay. There yeah. was one in particular um, called Shit House. Shit House? It's called Shit House. And I would like you to watch it because it is, spoiler alert, going to make my top 10 list. Okay. And it's very high on that list. Is it a comedy? It is a comedy. All right. It sounds like a horror movie, though, doesn't it? I guess so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not. It's a, it's a comedy. I think I've heard of this one. Um, was a indie darling. Um, I'll I'll tell the story next week because it's a fascinating one. But it was supposed to be like the big South by Southwest release before South by Southwest got canceled. Okay. Um, and it still got a little bit of press coverage because of that. 
I think it won the Grand Cherry Prize uh, or the Audience Award or something at Sundance or at at, um, at South by Southwest. Is it available on Prime or something? Uh, yeah, you can get it wherever. Okay, it's it's a rental. It's not streaming yeah. anywhere, but yeah, just watch it. We'll talk next week. All right. Um, but yeah, I've been catching up on some stuff again, trying to fill out that top ten list, which has been unusually thin. Mm-hmm. So. Well, can you blame it? No, I can't. <laughs> What's going to happen? Yeah. I mean, we're sort of getting into Oscar season now and it's kind of like, I don't know. We're sort of one foot in and one foot out with Oscar season. And it's going to feel very weird for the next couple of months. Well, I think the funny thing about it is like the movies that you would have thought would have had some conversation. It's all been muted. Yeah. Almost everything. Even Tenet, it was just like it came out and then no one wanted anything to do with it. They just they were just more frustrated by the movie, and then you, even something like Mank is not the Mank conversation uh, in certain circles has been pretty big. It's really mixed in my in my experience from what I've seen. It's people are turning on Mank already. Yeah, why is this happening? Yeah, what is happening? I see people who are like, it took three days. Yeah, it usually takes like three weeks. It took three days. I've I've seen people who are like I can't connect to it. it what the fuck? Two dude? stars. Like what? What's happening? What? what? <laughs> it's crazy. It's nuts. That is just another byproduct of 2020, how quick the turnaround of that narrative was. I just don't think anybody cares this year, man. Yeah. I, I just, I'm not sure movies are in anyone's interest. Yeah. I hate to say it, but like, that was like the indicator for me. It's like given to you on a silver platter. You could watch it on Netflix so easily. Mm-hmm. And you're like, eh, eh, I got better things to do. Like what? Feels like people don't get Mank. That's also probably Feels true. like they didn't get it. Yeah. Which means it'll have a nice cult following and then it'll be appreciated 10 years later. But, you know, until, Give it time. Yeah. until then, we're just we're upset about that, guys. I saw a movie called Kajillionaire. Uh, mm. Have you seen? I, I, I'm sure you didn't see it, but have you seen things about this movie? Yeah, it didn't look like my cup of tea. Definitely not my cup of tea. Might be your cup of tea. I don't know. Give me sort of your ghost Lanthimos vibes, okay. but sort of like a lighter, more feminine your ghost movie. <laughs> Okay, interesting. Um, it's uh, it's like this crime heist comedy, if you even want to call it that, starring Evan Rachel Wood. Uh, Richard Jenkins is in this movie, and Deborah Winger. Um, so it's a fairly big cast. Also, uh, Gina Rodriguez from uh, from Jane the Virgin, and what's that movie that we like? Annihilation. Which oh, is really? Quite good cool, cool. In, yeah. Um, but it's directed by this woman named Miranda July, which I uh, who I was not familiar with going into it but evidently is like a, a pretty big uh favorite in the indie scene and uh, she makes very weird movies about idiosyncratic characters and oftentimes they're satirical and um very out there in their comedy uh, there's a lot of cringe comedy and uncomfortable comedy in her movies similar to a yorgos movie like um and that's you know one of the reasons why i don't always connect with yorgos movies is those characters although real are very foreign to me um uh, and like i i connect with the favorite because the favorite was like sort of the most grounded yorgos movie of the bunch but some of those other movies the world that they exist in is just not a world i like spending time in there's not i don't know the the re, the, the the queuing of those actors is very strange in a yorgos film yeah. they're almost told to tell everything monotone or, or in one note the entire time. Right. And he's, he, he pulls from that. Like it, there's a lot of Kubrick in his movies sure, and just like the, the clinical efficiency of, of the way these characters are presented, which, you know, works very well for Yorgos, but I'm not entirely sure I'd describe any of those people as 
real, despite the fact that they have like real occupations and they exist on earth and that kind of thing. But like these are, they've never behaved the the way you would normally behave as particularly in like killing of a sacred deer and especially in the lobster. Yeah. So Richard Jenkins plays the father, Deborah Winger plays the mother, and then Evan Rachel Wood plays their daughter. This is a homeless family, essentially of, of thieves. They, they sort of drift from location to location um, just stealing things and trying to earn enough money to uh, pay for their meals and then screwing their landlords out of rent. Essentially they live in this like office building that is on the side of a bubble factory. This is just an idea of how quirky this movie gets. Okay. And when they, they, uh, they, they enter this office building, it's just a bunch of cubicles, abandoned cubicles. They just sleep on the ground and oozing out of the walls are like these giant puffs of bubbles of like pink bubbles that they have to clean up every so often. It's weird. Uh, yeah, it's, it's very strange. Um, Evan Rachel Wood, uh, as the daughter is, I'm not sure if she's like mentally challenged or slow, but she is, um, not well adjusted, let's say. Okay. She has been raised by these two parents that have not shown her any love. And all she knows is that uh, she has to steal to make a dime. And she always splits the money that she makes in thirds with her family. Um, and it's this very weird sort of code that she's been brought up in. The voice affectation is very strange. She does a lot of like strange physical stuff. Her arms are always like outstretched in front of her. Um, and the movie has some laughs and it has some strangely a lot of heart um where you you would least expect it and there are some scenes that i really respected in fact i respect the movie a lot i think like it's a very interesting vision and a very interesting brand of comedy it is definitely not my thing though okay it is just so clearly not my sense of humor and and not my characters frankly right. uh, maybe you would like it. it it ranked number one on richard brody's list at the wow. new yorker he put it number one for and he put like mank at 36 or something wow yeah Jesus. All right. Well, I guess I got to watch it. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, no, it's it's cool. Maybe you'd like it. I don't know. Film criticism is one of the most flawed things imaginable. The last like like five years of film criticism is one of the most infuriating things I can think of. I can't I can't. Are po- you a Richard Brody guy? Do you read any Richard Brody ever? I think I used to. But again, like I, I, I don't I don't remember what the movies would have been. I just got kind of tired because I just, you know. He's kind of a snob. Yeah. He's kind of pretentious. And um, I think he's sometimes trolling. I'm not sure if he thinks he's trolling, but I think he's trolling. Um, and his he never does a top 10. He always does like a top 35. Which, I, I mean, that's fine. I don't, I don't have an issue with li- li- uh, someone saying like you have to you know, talk about these other films, which sure. you know, d- deserve some conversation. But most of them are like foreign movies that you've never heard of. And I don't know, like, is it, what does he talk about in his reviews though? Like, cause I get very annoyed nowadays when people prioritize a movie that is like socially relevant over. Oh, just, that's all of criticism. Just, uh, just being a good movie. Like that. Cause I think it's heavily flawed and I think it's skewed a lot of like, like your, the perception of movies over the last couple of years. This is a longer conversation, I think. Oh yeah. And I have a lot of thoughts on it. Let's do it now. Then we have time. You want to talk about that? Yeah. Oh my God. Okay. Here's my theory. Film critics and film creators are very different people. Although sometimes they overlap. Peter Bogdanovich overlapped. For example, he was a film critic then became a filmmaker. Um, like they, they're just, their, their brains are not wired in the same way, nor is their appreciation for movies. They watch movies differently. And 
They think about movies differently and they value different things in movies. And I've just always thought, although like I love film criticism and I read a lot of it and I know you're not a big Pauline Kael guy, but like I can get down to some Pauline Kael. You have to, you have to separate the film critics from the filmmakers and you have to understand that what they're bringing to the material is different than what a filmmaker would bring to the material. Are you interested in what they're bringing to the material? I am, but I understand that most people aren't. Yeah. And I understand you aren't. And I under, and I understand why. But yeah. I think I'm not wired the same way that you are. And you're also a guy that enjoys playing around with the camera. And I'm a guy that enjoys just like thinking about these things in, in more, I don't know, specific contextual terms. I guess what they bring to the table is, again, not very interesting to me. Um, it, and it just doesn't say much about just the quality of the movie. Sure. Just the, 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 the whole experience. Like as soon as they start talking about uh, like the, the, the themes, and but there's a ton of themes in this movie and they all relate to a lot of the shit we're dealing with now. Um, it's the movie we need right now. It, God, like, <laughs> is there a greater cliche? Yeah. And then they completely disregard the fact that the dialogue sucks or they f- disregard the fact that the writing is not as good as they're giving it credit for. Or maybe the fact that every technical aspect of the movie is like sort of whatever, you know, it's, it's hard to write that. I, uh, well, I'm sorry, but <laughs> right. No, but isn't it though? I guess. Yeah. Like how, okay. How many reviews and podcasts and videos have you seen on the internet though, that are just like, the acting was good. <laughs> I understand the cinematography that. was good. Like it's when there's 300 of them, it's very hard to differentiate your material from theirs. Could you give me some of that though? I, I don't even get any of it. All I get is like, yeah, the movie was talking about, you know, the, it's of the moment, the, the politics or the, the injustices of Trump these stand-in. people. It's a Trump stand, all of that shit. It's like, sure. I don't care. How's the movie? And I understand that is the movie, but at the same time, it's not exactly the movie, you know, I get you. I, I understand. And and it's very different. The experience of reading a Pauline Kael review is very different from watching Martin Scorsese like do a video essay. Mm-hmm. And there is value in both things, in my opinion. Uh, the other day, I was just watching. I, I don't know if you... I'm sure you've seen this. The Safdie brothers and Ari Aster talking about Scorsese's yeah, short seen, films. I have seen that. It, it's wonderful. Yeah. Because- where they're just talking about like the specific shot selections and... And breaking down exactly what makes Scorsese a great director. It's like his shorts are almost more informative than some of his later work because it's so bare boned. Um, And in a lot of his shorts, he's actually in the movie. So you see him directing in real time. And like there was a there was this one moment where Ari Aster is talking about how Scorsese let um, a, a guy on screen tell a story. And then just as he got a little carried away and started like showboating and doing the theater kid thing he put his hand on his lap just to be like all right now bring it down settle down a little bit too much energy in this scene (laughs) and you're actually watching him on screen observe human behavior and directing it in real time it's cool um and but that's the shit that uh, pauline kale's just not going to pick up on and it's the shit that only ari aster or the safety brothers can pick up on but that conversation they're having is infinitely more interesting than any piece of, of film criticism that i've ever read in my life to you uh, to I, you, I'm not, I'm not sure I, there would be many people who would disagree with me on that <laughs> if they actually watched the video. Yeah, I don't know. This, this is shit that you're interested in, though. I guess so. I think there's more to to glean from it too. You you learn a lot more, certainly. It's, it's aside from commenting on the stuff that's overtly there. I don't know. 
I think you learn about it if you are a guy that likes film. But you have to understand that the people that write about film and the people that watch film... They're catering to dumb people? No, they're not necessarily... <laughs> Man, you are getting real film snobby today. Look at you. Yeah, I don't know, Look man. At you I, with I, your degree from film school. I th- I th- no, I think from CCSU. I think film criticism is totally full of shit. Puffing your chest yeah. out. Yeah. No, I don't think like a lot of times they're writing for people that like film. They're writing for people that like culture, and those are two different things. Yeah, yeah, and I'm 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 sorry, but if you're writing about film, you sh- I think you have some responsibility to talk about the film a little more adequately than talking about the culture surrounding it because those are two different things, in my opinion. Sure. But why is one more valid than the other? I guess it's not. But that's why I said earlier, make a better balance. <laughs> talk about it. Talk about everything or talk about everything within reason. You know, I don't think you need to prioritize the cultural conversation over the film conversation and vice versa. You know, it sounds like that's what you want, though. That's what I would. Well, I guess <laughs> that's in a perfect world. Sure. But I know that that's not realistic. But the realistic thing is to actually talk about the movie. Film critics are not filmmakers. They're journalists. They're journalists. They work in newsrooms. You're not a filmmaker, but you can talk about those stuff, those things. Y- yeah, I get it. I understand. But I, I also am wired in the same way to enjoy context. Like I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm a big, and like, now here's the difference. <laughs> I'm not a big fan of advocating for a position in criticism. Yeah. You know, like to say that a movie is good because the politics are good is what infuriates me. But I'm totally cool talking about the politics and not making a judgment one way or the other. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm, I'm totally fine with somebody saying it's a Trump stand in. I'm totally fine with saying, like, this is a movie about Bernie Sanders. Yeah. Where I where you lose me is when, like, your criticism is glowing of the movie because of what the movie says about Trump or Bernie Sanders. And you have to understand, that's what I feel like a lot of film criticism, at least with from 20. 16 to about 2019 sure that's definitely what it was yeah to the point where it's just like why are you giving this movie a pass it's not very good yeah why are you giving this movie a a pass it's maybe good but it's not that good sure that happened all the fucking time yeah i'm not sure that's what happened with pauline kale though no i'm not i'm not talking about paul pauline kale's a completely different beast altogether yeah it's it's not even about the cultural conversation with her at least for to me um but like for example, like I look at like like if we want to talk about like Trump era movies, like because to to me you'd have a different answer than I would. But I think the best movie to strike like that balance and still be a great film was like Widows. Okay, so that's my pick for like best Trump era movie. It's wonderful, yeah. But no one really talks about it in that way. And ironically, it did like shit at the box office. It's just this strange movie that wasn't given the attention that I felt like it deserved. Yeah, even though it's sort of you know. I don't know. It strikes the chord in a way that most movies did not. It was subtle in a way that most movies of that era certainly were not. Sure. So no, I agree with that entirely. Right. No, and I, I think we're having two different conversations here. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, I, I, I think yes. Advocacy in journalism is just fucking frustrating. Yeah, it's just frustrating. Yeah. And I know in many ways, like criticism is advocacy because it's about your opinion. And I'm not saying get rid of it entirely because yeah. obviously you're going to do that. And in, in a way, you have a responsibility to do that. I'm sure. just saying like it, prioritizing the, 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 the advocacy of the ideas over just how good is the movie or vice versa is, an, is a problem. Yeah, I, I also maintain as a guy that has spent a lot of time like writing film criticism over the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. 
it is hard to keep that shit interesting mm-hmm. by just talking about the camera angles. Yeah, I know. And that's, it, that's it's my just, point. it's tough. Yeah. And it's, it's just so samey, samey. Um, unless you have the vocabulary or the insight of someone like the Safety brothers mm-hmm. who are able to bring to the conversation, not just, you know, the term Dutch angle <laughs> or, or like the term F stop, but they are actually able to speak in the vocabulary of, of film in a, in a much deeper and nuanced way and in ways that frankly you are not and I can't even pick up on, you yeah. know, and sometimes people aren't very good at it. Sure. There are many like, like filmmakers who just aren't particularly good at like really breaking down movies, yeah. even if they're great filmmakers. Hmm. But I do, it also helps like if the movie you're talking about is just wholly unique in that way where you could just talk about the cinematography and it could be fascinating. Right. That's why like a lot of film criticism around Fury Road was so, so much fun to read because they're talking about everything in that movie. Sure. And you get into the weeds too with with that, yeah. And but again, that's hard to yeah. read in an issue of the New York Times, and, though. And it's not, not being written for those people, yeah. And there's not as many movies as unique, at least in in, in the mainstream appeal, as something like Fury Road. That's why it's hard. Which is, which is why you're correct when you say the samey sameness comes across, because yeah, a lot of the tricks are samey samey. They sure. just are, right? No, I and I I 100 understand where you're coming from. And there's been too much advocacy, and there is you're right, not enough frankly, knowledge of how film is made among people that talk about film and that are paid to talk about film. When we get to the year of 2017 in film, like my, my experience with Get Out, you know, I, I think Get Out is a fine movie, but I'm much more interested in the conversation around Get Out and the response to it more so than the film itself. Sure. I think that is very, very interesting and in some ways really cool in some ways really flawed, but it's, there was good criticism written about get out some, but there's also a lot of like misguided takes in my opinion, sure. because of what they viewed the film as. Oh yeah. And I, like I said, I just, I just love the, 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 what happened to film criticism when that movie came out. Right. You know, it just, yeah, everyone, well, not everyone, but a lot of people misinterpreted that movie Yeah, and the messages of that movie. I can't even call it a Trump era film. And well, it, part it, of the reason for that is because it's not commenting on Trump's uh, presidency. It's commenting on Hillary's presidency. Yeah, in many ways. So, um, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, no, I, I, I feel you. I get you. But I also know you. And like you're obsessed with the nuances of this shit. I I am. I know. And I, I get I, it. But at least I'm aware of this. Yeah. And I, I'm smart enough to be like, okay, you know, maybe Moonlight's an important movie. Yeah. You know. No, I get it. And the term representation yeah. too is <laughs> it's it's infuriating to read it. But, and what people don't understand too, film critics and uh, I, I hate going here. <laughs> I hate going here. Yeah. But it's it's not what audiences are hungry for. They're just not hungry for these conversations. They're not hungry for, for, for these think pieces. And this is just not the type of criticism that people can glean anything from political or yeah, social. Th- yeah, 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 yeah. Like the, the term representation, although yes, an important thing and black Panther is an important movie and I, it, it's all true. I agree with it entirely, but a lot of the criticism surrounding it is just virtue signaling. Yes. And there's, it's there's pandering. Just say, yeah. call it what it is. It's pandering. And the audience sees through that. It's so transparent. It's incredibly transparent. And I, and I think this is something that for the most, look, people on the right have a problem with this as well, but everybody does. <laughs> everybody this is does. mostly a problem of the left. I think is that the audience hates virtue signalers. They don't like it. Most people don't like it. Most yeah. people are infuriated by it I know. and they see right through it. Well, this, this comes down to like, I, I think of 
slightly different, but sort of a little analogy is like how often from the left and the right, when you see a Facebook post about someone talking about these issues, how, how often do you take that seriously? How often do you really care about what that person has to say? No, you haven't changed anyone's mind. Exactly. Of course. Exactly. Yeah. It doesn't matter. No one gives a shit. If anything, you turn it off right away. Right. Right. And I think the other thing too, is that the thing that you are most willing to criticize in other people is the thing that you are most guilty of yourself. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's a lot of the problem, too, is when they criticize, like, the lack of representation in Hollywood or poor treatment of, you know, certain people in Hollywood or whatever, the value systems of certain characters. A lot of time they're they're looking directly in the mirror. Yeah. Um, but anyway. Yeah, I think that's interesting. Yeah, me too. OK, uh, I watched a movie called Let Them All Talk this week. Let Them All Talk. Directed by Steven Soderbergh. Oh, my God. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Starring Meryl Streep. <laughs> so many movies. Lucas Hedges. Okay. Candace Bergen. Yep. And Diane Weist. Okay. Diane Weist back. Uh, this is a movie shot on a cruise ship. Oh, you were telling me about this one. Yeah. Entirely improvised. Mm-hmm. Entirely. They had a script. They had a rough outline. Curb your enthusiasm style. They just got on set and they started acting. And... Um, it's not a great movie in the way that most Steven Soderbergh movies are not great these days um, because like the guy just can't sit still and no. he's just always trying new shit. Mm-hmm. First, he tried making um, uh, making a, a TV show just shot like non linearly and he did every single episode of it and I think was the first director to do every episode of a TV show. Oh, my God. I think so. With the first season of The Nick. Um, and then he tried doing a movie without a distributor. Um, that's what Logan Lucky was. He just did that outside the studio system. Then he tried making a movie without a camera. He shot actually two movies, in fact, without an iPhone or with an iPhone rather. And now he is uh, making a movie without a script. I, I, I deeply admire this, though. Me too. I, I, I don't think it's a problem whatsoever. I think it's awesome for a filmmaker of this stature to experiment the way that he's that he is. Um it, and do as many of these movies as you can. They can even be just like whatever, okay at best movies. Just don't embarrass yourself. Right. <laughs> like, cause as soon as you make a show girls, you're done. Sure. You don't ever want to get to that territory, <laughs> but you can fuck around. You could go without a script. You could go with very basic editing. You could, you could give yourself the rule. I want to make a movie with only 100 shots Yeah. and go for it. And it's been done before, but yeah. it's very, very difficult. Just again, cool. You know, like yeah. stre- put stretch- yourself on a box. Yeah, stretch the limits to what film is capable of, or or you know, restrict yourself to a point that's interesting. Just yeah, don't embarrass yourself. Yeah, no. I, I one of my phrases is that uh, creativity does its best work in captivity, and like uh, you know, Paul Schrader, for example, when he made um, uh, was it First Reformed mm-hmm. with Ethan Hawke, was like, I'm only going to shoot this movie in mids. No wides, no close-ups. It's just we're going to stay in this square frame and we're not going to put any score underneath it and we're going to see what we can do. And never moves the camera. No. Like ever. Yeah. Just these stagnant photograph shots. And it's a remarkable thing because he had to figure out ways to get around the rules of filmmaking. Mm -hmm. You know, um, when you put yourself in a box, when you restrict yourself, it is fun. If you've ever done it before, like I'm doing it now and it's... It can be very frustrating, but like, man, is it exciting when you're like, oh, wait a second, just do this. Great. It's like breaking out of an escape room. Yep. 
Like there's a reason why those things are so popular. It's a great endorphin hit. And I understand why Soderbergh is as addicted to film as he is. Yeah. <laughs> this guy's addicted. He won't stop. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You kind of need the best actress of all time in order to pull this movie off. And yeah. so they got it. So that's a good thing. They got her. They got Meryl Streep <laughs> for the movie. Uh, yeah. Just an actor showcase. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's it's really incredible that this late in her career she's doing this kind of work she's amazing in this movie with no script uh candace bergen is incredible in this movie shockingly good (laughs) like almost underutilized i loved her uh and lucas hedges is uh just building the resume it's just like this all-time great resume this guy's batting average is outstanding who's better him or chalamet they're they're like rivals as far as i'm concerned at this point did you see chalamet and snl this week yeah, he was standing up for Dune. Yeah. You know, legendary, but, you know, same idea. Oh, man. I did not see that, though. Uh, what did he do? Great sketch with Pete Davidson as two really? Jets fans. <laughs> oh, I got to see that. As two Jets fans that have denied the results of the latest Jets game. <laughs> oh, my God. Similar to Trump. <laughs> <laughs> Chalamet was born in, like, the, the art district of New York, too. <laughs> so. uh, yeah, I think Chalamet's got a higher ceiling. But I think Hedges has a low has a higher floor. Does that make sense? Yeah, I, I think like Hedges his average output is better than Chalamet's. But when Chalamet is up, yeah, when he goes for it, he goes for it. But he can crash and burn a lot. What's like his worst thing that he's done though? The King. Apparently that's fine. Okay. Apparently he's he's perfectly good in that. Uh, man, I don't know. I don't. It's early. He's got time. I guess he was in Interstellar, so there's that. Sure. But he's fine in Interstellar. I think he's got some time to make some bad decisions. That's definitely true. But he's got uh, two big movies coming up. He does. Two big old movies coming up. Definitely. Lucas Hedges, though, just only works with the best directors and only reads the best scripts, apparently. Pretty much. Magnificent. He was working with Wes Anderson on Moonrise Kingdom. That's a good point. <laughs> I take that back. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, wait, so is Timothy Chalamet. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, this is a wonderful movie. I really liked it just as sort of a, um, just as an acting exercise. I was just in awe of these yeah. people able to improvise this dialogue. And uh, yeah, uh, Hedges' character is incredibly relatable and pathetic and, uh, and awesome. And, you know, it, it is, um, it is very minimalist, as Soderbergh is fond of doing these days. I think he needs a cinematographer. That's that was my big takeaway here because I think he's been cinema. What, what what would be the verb? Cinematographing, uh, shooting, shooting. I guess that yes. would be the word. <laughs> Filming. He's been shooting his own movies for like the last decade, and I don't know whatever was going on with the lighting here was strange. Like there was, uh, I don't know, like too much natural light. Like every light bulb sort of there was a glare in the camera every time like a light bulb was in in frame. And I mean, that's a specific effect. It depends on if that's what he was going for. Does it fit the atmosphere of the film? It took me out of it a lot, All right. but that's just sort of a, a weird observation of mine. Um, but yeah, as a, as an active of acting, I'm into it. I would recommend okay. the movie. It may not make my top 10 list, but I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. What else? Yeah, that's it. Okay, cool. Shit house next week. All right. I got. I, I should watch a bunch of movies. I really should. Two weeks from now, actually, right? I want to. I want to finish Mangrove, and then I'm going to watch Lovers Rock, and then maybe I'll get to those. So yeah, yeah. All right. Now here's my question: Are you going to make those eligible for your top ten list? I mean, Mangrove feels eligible now. Okay. 
Although, I mean, it might not make my top 10. It's like, it's a good movie, but it's not like, are they eligible though? They, I, everywhere I read there, it's, they, they it's are, on everyone's list. They are called five films, but I, I might exclude certain entries if they're not good enough. No, I get it. Like, like let's say lovers rock is like the, my favorite thing ever. Yeah. I could put that on number one and not include man mangrove. Yeah. No, I know. Yeah. Yeah. You can put multiple ones on there, right? Sure. But that's because like every publication, Steve McQueen himself, the, 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 the marketing, they're all calling them separate films. Yeah. You know why Steve McQueen said that to make himself feel better. That's fine. But they're being considered separate and they're two hours long. Okay. So the show was initially, um, supposed to be a, a, a normal miniseries. That's fine. And so it was written where there were going to be overlapping characters and it was just going to be like the slice of life thing. And later on, they broke it up into the movie. So it was developed as a TV project. Well, so was Buster Scruggs. Now, the Coens say that that was not the case, though. Really? Yeah. Oh, I thought they had, they were, were they just fucking around? Apparently, the Coens said that the media got that wrong. That oh. they, they were always intending it to be a movie and that the media just reported it as a miniseries. Okay, weird. Yeah. Yeah. But it was developed as a TV show. It aired on the BBC, a TV network. It aired as a miniseries on Amazon. What am I missing here? It's not eligible for Oscars. It's not? No. Okay. Well, that's fine. There are many movies that haven't won Oscars. <laughs> but they're I'm not even thinking. submitting them for Oscar consideration. Yeah. yeah it's, they're, they're in this weird gray area, though. I think you can go either way with it. So you're saying yes. Sure. Yeah. I will say, though, that this the first episode from what i've seen is very tv like in its setup and it's in the way it moves in the story yeah just everything about about it like feels more television e mm -hmm. it doesn't feel very mcqueen-esque aside from like a couple long shots yeah and some of the the tracking shots of the people on the street which reminded me of some of the shots in shame it's very procedural but otherwise yeah it, it doesn't necessarily feel like something that i would have seen in theaters yeah so there is that definitely Okay. I'm going to say no, but yeah. I'll let you do you. And actually this will be nice. It'll, it'll vary the list a little bit though. Yeah. Cause I, yeah, I'm not going to include it. I'm going to consider it a TV show and it'll be on my TV show list. Cause I'm doing one of those too, but, but it's literally labeled five films. Yeah, I know dude. It's director bullshit. Is it? what it is? Yes. Is it? Because directors don't want to admit that they're slumming it. But at the end of that's the why they don't call them mini series anymore. They call them <laughs> limited series as though they're fucking different. But the, some of them will do mini series though. They like most, most filmmakers that do that don't label them as films. This is the only time I've, I've ever seen this happen. When the Russo brothers did Avengers, what was that? Infinity war. They said that they were, that they were inspired by three days of the condor. And that Fine. is the type of shit that you said. You're making a fucking theme park ride. Okay. But they have the final say. They are only saying that, though, to make themselves feel better. <laughs> we dreamed of making Three Days of the Condor. This is... This and look at us now. We're directing fucking Tony Stark with some green dots on his face. I, th I think Steve McQueen's earned the right to make that call. It's Steve McQueen. Just say you're making TV. It's fine. TV's cool. I know, but you... TV's great. I know, but they're, they're saying that that's not what this is. It's fine. So what? Plenty of good TV. You've got more than enough good TV. Yeah, which is why you should just call it TV. No, it's the other thing. Whatever, like, a guy that makes a Netflix show. David Fincher did this, where he's like, you know, it's not really a show. It's more like an eight-hour movie. Fuck off! It's an eight-hour movie. <laughs> That's more of an analogy. He's just describing the, the feeling no. of it for you. No. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. 
What feeling? All right, let's dig into this. What feeling? Oh, God. <laughs> what makes it movie-like? I guess entirely just some, some most of the rules you set up for like how a movie is made. I don't know. I don't know like what the full distinction is now between television and, and movies aside from the episodic elements. Right. But yeah, like you said, he's just sort of describing like the feel of the story. Is he provide? is he describing that or is he describing the production value? Because I think be that's it. more so what it is. He's not literally saying it's a movie. He's just trying to give those who are coming into it a, an idea of like what it feels like. The subtext there is it's a TV show, but it's not that bad. <laughs> that's really what he's saying when he says that. Sure. He's saying, I'm making a TV show, but understand, although it's episodic, it's still going to feel like a movie because movies are better than TV. There's an element of that. Sure. And that infuriates me. Oh, <laughs> it infuriates me. <laughs> Same thing that happened for season three of Twin Peaks. Yeah. What is it? British Film Institute put it number one oh, yeah. on its movie list you that hated year. That. Made me so mad. Yeah. And then it was in that fucking movie bracket on Twitter. They made it to like the final four on the movie bracket. Yeah. Season three of Twin Peaks. You sound like the people not accepting Die Hard as a Christmas movie. <laughs> oh, no. contraire. I'm just kidding. Oh, contraire. <laughs> It is those calling Twin Peaks season three a movie that have yet to accept that TV can be good, too. Oh, really? Am I wrong? No. <laughs> but, but I think you're more the, the, the former minority I was just referring to. Season three of a TV show with characters that were in the first I two seasons. I know it's a TV show. And a connecting storyline. <laughs> yes. It's a TV yeah. show. It's referred to as season three. Mindhunter is a TV show. Yes, it's referred to as a television series. There's nothing about it in the marketing or anything that indicates otherwise. Not the same case with Small Axe. Forget about the marketing. My only point is there is a really, there is a, a sinister subtext to all of this. It's not that bad. Where movie is fans. sinister? Elitist movie fans, and particularly elitist movie makers, mm -hmm. believe for some reason that television was never that good. Mm -hmm. And there is still this stigma around it. Actors, when you go to TV, that means your career is done. Yep. When directors go to TV, that means that like they're out of opportunities on the big screen. And so now, anytime a good TV show comes out, reviewers and filmmakers call it cinematic. It's like, what the fuck does cinematic mean? It's all been cinema. I Love Lucy was cinema. Mm -hmm. You know, it was it was a it was a camera that didn't move all that much. But what was happening on screen, the use of blocking, the use of movement, the use of dialogue was all cinematic just because there was a laugh track under it. It's still filmmaking. So this idea that television was always the inferior medium just because The Godfather wasn't on there. I don't know. I, it bothers me. <laughs> and it bothers me now every time a filmmaker comes around and describes their miniseries as an eight hour uh. movie or describes their anthology series as five movies. Fucking Twilight Zone was doing anthology episodes. They didn't call their episodes movies. I don't even disagree with Black that. Black Mirror yeah. was doing anthology episodes. That no one called that a movie. Sure. But th that, that's exactly my point. They didn't call those movies. You know? Right. You can give Steve McQueen this one. <laughs> Why is he calling it a movie, though? I don't know. Because to him, they're movies as the filmmaker. <laughs> to him, he's a movie maker. Sure. And to say that he's a television Did maker, he not make movies? And the, with these, I would, I would argue he, he made did. TV and he would, made great TV. I would argue these are movies though. You know, many movies released on your, on your little home box. They're still episodic. They relate to one another, not necessarily with characters and plot, but in tone and in vision. Sure. They're of a piece. 
Are, are they separate stories? They are. Okay. There's one name for all five of them. Yeah. There you go. I mean, Amazon could have released five movies separately. They didn't. Mm-hmm. You go on Amazon, it says season one of Small Axe, episode one. Yeah. So What am I missing here? I don't know. I've seen many box sets with the same idea. <laughs> VHS is a good example of that. You know, and they all have separate names. I don't know. My only point, as I've said, is that directors have fragile egos. And sure. they hate slumming it with the TV folk. Mm. And when they do, they call it movies retroactively to make themselves feel better. Yeah. But fucking Sopranos was awesome. And that was a TV show. I'm not Anybody that said that. that Sopranos was awesome because it was a, a, a six season movie is full of shit. It's great because it was a TV show. Yeah, but most of the time they still end up getting the label of television is what I'm saying. Like even even Refn. And this should be no different. Yeah, but what am I missing? Are we uh, we're agreeing? It sounds I, like we're agreeing. I'm saying the vast majority of this usually is the case where it's like they end up calling it a TV series anyway. You know, right? You know, and why am I making an exception for Steve McQueen? Because why does he deserve the exception? I don't know because this was not considered that. <laughs> why doesn't Vince Gilligan deserve the exception? Why doesn't David Chase deserve the ex- exception? Well, again, those were more overtly television to me. <laughs> like I said, they didn't call those television, or they they did call those television. They're not calling this television. They're calling. Why does it matter what they call it? I don't care exactly. So why not? No, no. Why am I taking that into consideration when I designate it TV show or movie? I don't know. What does the advertising campaign have to do with it? Why are we even having this argument then? <laughs> I'm just saying they're not in the position to call it a movie. Why not? Because fuck them. <laughs> they're the people. They're not making a movie. What are you talking about? It's Steve McQueen's decision where he's like, you know what? Yeah, fine. I'll call movies. this podcast a movie. And then everybody has to consider this podcast a movie now. Yeah, but these are not movies. There's nothing visual about them. <laughs> this is a podcast, man. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they're kind of movies. Goodness gracious. I'm done with this. Do you want to play Cinephile? I guess so. Should we set some stakes? I guess. Well, certain games we don't play because they don't work very well for a podcast. What should we play for? I Oh, stakes. Yeah. I don't know. Should we play for a veto? Mm, I'm not interested in playing for a veto. You're not? Not really. Because you have the only one? Are you threatened? No. Uh, I guess it depends why you want to play for a veto. Or, well, what would you like to play for? Do I want to, it, it, does that mean I risk my veto? No, because I don't want to lose. Oh, my you want to go double or nothing on the veto? No, no, I'm keeping my veto. We could play for a, we could assign a movie to the other person that loses. Assigning a movie might be fun. Um, we can make you do 50 pushups. I don't know. Pick something. I mean, you could, we could assign a movie, play for a video for one veto, not to the only one veto though. Okay. You play for multiple vetoes, then it gets... No, one veto. It's too much power. You have a veto already. Yeah, that's fine. Okay, I'll play for one. What do you want to play? Filmographies? What's, uh, I guess, where you have to like name the movies that they were in? Yeah. That one's always fun. Okay, let's do that. I mean, we can do that. We can do uh, movie actor. We can do... Um, oh, the, the, the separations ones was giving me degrees. anxiety. That yeah. was the worst. It freaked me out. All right, let's play a little filmographies then. Okay. We'll start that one. We'll do like three out of five or something. Okay. Okay. Pick a card. Any card. Cinephile, by the way, is a card game that you can purchase on Amazon, and it's quite fun. And there are 150 cards in this deck. 
featuring a different actor and movie role on each. And this it's is quite a lovely game. Shit. Uh, uh-oh. Mia Farrow. Oh, goodness. Yeah, I think, I mean, you probably have the win on this one. <laughs> uh, okay, Rosemary's Baby. It's already on there. Oh, I can't take Rosemary's Baby. Cannot take Rosemary's Baby. Okay. Um, let's go with, uh, let's go with Hannah and her sisters. Purple Rose of Cairo. Um, Broadway, Danny Rose. Eesh. Zelig. Only Woody Allen movies. <laughs> uh, um, Zelig, huh? Uh, I have two more. Um, crimes and misdemeanors. Private parts. Oh, good call. Fucking good call. I have one more and then I'm out. I cannot think of another one after that. Not Manhattan, right? She's not in that. I don't believe so. I don't think so, no. Shit, what else is she in? Oh, goodness. I may need to tap out because I, I have a response. Well, I'll tap out, and then if you do it, you win. The Great Gatsby. Oh, good call on that. Shoot, that was a tough one. Yeah, that is, I saw that. Like, oh boy, Mia Farrow. Let's see. I love the scary ones, <laughs> and I, I'm even more excited by the ones we missed. What are we slapping ourselves uh, with? 2006 is The Omen. <laughs> oh my God, really? Yeah, she was in that. What the hell? Uh, let's see. Husbands and Wives, Woody Movie. I mean, you could have named a bunch of, I guess, what? Oh, Radio Days. Yeah. See, that's why I was worried about this one, because I know she's in a bunch of Woody films. Yeah, I mean, she was in all, uh, yeah, Midsummer Night's Sex Comedy, <laughs> Death on the Nile she was in. Really? Oh, Great Gatsby. Good call on that one. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're just a couple Woody movies, but other than that, I don't think we missed anything. Okay. Uh, all right, all right. Arthur three, the animated film. Arthur really, and what is it? Arthur and the Invisibles. Arthur, like the rich brat character. No, different Arthur. Okay, there you Arthur, go. Arthur the Aardvark. <laughs> Next up, oh boy, I think we did Penelope Cruz already, right? Yeah, yeah. Let's not wait. What's which one is it? Volver, I think. Oh yeah. the love of my life Anne Hathaway oh no (laughs) Uh, Rachel getting married by the way is on the card okay so what do I go first dispel that one from your brain yes go ahead okay Uh, Princess Diaries Princess Diaries 2 is that what she's in no, you will name Princess Diaries, and I will name Princess Diaries, oh, too. Oh, oh, oh. Um, uh, Devil Wears Prada. Interstellar. <laughs> uh, the Dark Knight Rises. Um, uh, 
What was that movie she did with fucking Jake Gyllenhaal? Where she showed her boobs. Oh, what's that movie called? It's like last night, after night, after last night, about last night, something like that. Man, Maybe it's I, not at all. I don't have much for this one. Anne Hathaway. What the fuck? Why am I blanking on Anne Hathaway movies? Yeah, I'm blanking on her too. Oh, oh no, she just did uh, uh, Witches of Eastwick. Or Witches. Witches, not Witches. Witches, right? Witches. The Royal Doll. Is that what you're going From with? this year, yeah. Yeah, that's correct. Witches, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Shit, okay. Uh, I got to really... Hold on, why am I blanking Anne Hathaway movies? Well, Les Mis. Uh, oh, good, okay. Um, fuck. <sighs> why am I... Damn. Oh, I'm really blanking on this one, too. You might have this if you can get one. I don't know. What was Shit. that movie? Shit. Because I have... Oh, oh, Love and Other Drugs. That's what that movie's called. Love and Other Drugs. That's what it's called? Yeah. Mm. Love and Other Drugs. Man, what, god damn, there's got to be another one. I hate drawing a blank on these. Yeah, these happen. this happens a lot. What the fuck is that movie? Uh, I think you know that stupid monster movie where she scratches her head. And where she scratches her head? Yeah, like like she, she makes the monster scratch her head and like fucks around with it like a puppet. I don't know the name of it, though. Yeah. Mm. God damn it. I hate it when this happens. Because there's so many that we're just going to be kicking ourselves over. Yeah. Christ. Yeah, I don't think I got it. I don't think I got it. Can I name one more? Anne Hathaway. Why am I not remembering that movie? <laughs> Oh, goodness. Yeah, dude. This is surprisingly slim for me. Did I just see her in something? I thought I might have seen her in something this year that was not The Witches. Oh, I got one. I got one. Hang on. Okay, I do have one. Okay, good, good, good. Oh, Anne Hathaway. Okay. She just went away. She came and went. I know, right? No, that's because I, I was like, what is this fucking movie? <sighs> Go ahead, name it. You, I think, might have been thinking about one other movie. <laughs> might have not have been the other. Did you say the Jake Gyllenhaal movie? I did. Brokeback Mountain. Ah! <laughs> Damn it! Damn it! That's what second, it was. Oh! In my head the entire time, like, what is the movie? Oh, goodness. The hustle. Oh, no. (laughs) Serenity. Oh, my God. Damn it. Ocean's Eight. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Son of a bitch. The intern. Oh, I love the intern. (laughs) We both love the intern. Uh, How did we not get the intern? Fuck, you're right. Cameo in Don John. Oh, my God. That's right. Valentine's Day. Get smart. Oh, gee, I've seen so because I was because I've seen so many movies with her. Ella Enchanted. Oh, Jesus, that's right. That was pathetic. That was a pathetic round, and I apologize. God damn it! Who wins that one? Neither you win. Don't, well, you of course you won. You won the last. You got the last one. Uh, all right. Let's see. Go ahead. 
where's Tommy? Come on, Tommy. It's Tommy. No, I'm not. It's Penelope Cruz again. What? <laughs> what are the chances here? Come on, Tommy. Where are you? Tommy who? Hardy. Oh. Ben Stiller. Okay. Uh, dodgeball. Night at the Museum. Night at the Museum, Battle of the Smithsonian. Fine. <laughs> uh, Zoolander. Zoolander 2. <laughs> Tropic Thunder. Night at the Museum 3. <laughs> is there a Night at the Museum? Yeah, there is. Okay. Okay. I think. Let me check that. No, there is. There, there is a Night at the Museum 3. It does. If you can do it, go again. If you don't know, or if it's a, if there isn't one, there definitely is. Night at, uh, yeah, Secret of the Tomb. Okay, now let's have some fun. Okay, meet the Fockers. Meet the parents, little Fockers. <laughs> <laughs> we want a weird order there. <laughs> Uh, the Secret Life of Walter Mitty. Mm-hmm. All right, I have my like my my trump my, card. Yeah, my trump card. But break <laughs> break in case of emergency. Break glass in case of emergency. I'm trying to think. Uh, uh, the Heartbreak Kid. Mm-hmm. The Cable Guy. Was he in the Cable Guy? Mm-hmm. Okay, I know he directed it. Mm-hmm. Uh. Boy. Okay. How many do you have left? A couple. You do? Yeah. Shit. Boy. If you find a director that he often worked with, it'll help you out. A director that he often worked with? Yeah. It's not Adam McKay, is it? No. I don't want to use this, though. Well, I, I won't say anything. I, I uh, shit. Say it. I know what you're going to say, so say it anyway. Yeah, it's, at, it's uh, Anchorman. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, I, I was going to say it afterwards if you didn't. Okay. Um, okay, let's let's just do it. The Meyerwitz story is new and selected. Okay. Hmm. And that should have helped you out there. What, he's worked with Noah Baumbach yeah. a couple times? Yeah. yeah. I don't know what other Baumbach movies he's been in. Uh, oh, there's... Oh, I got another way to go, too. Jesus. Oh, boy. Mm. Wow. 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 As his on-screen partner, Owen Wilson, wow. often said, wow. Uh, Starsky and Hutch. Ah. What's the other Bombach film? There's a couple. I'll save them. Madagascar. Madagascar 2. Madagascar 3. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I was thinking, like, what animated character did he play? Oh, boy. Uh... By the way, Noah Baumbach did rewrites on Madagascar 3. Is that right? Fun fact. Oh, good for him. 
That's like if you're scrolling through his IMDb credits and you just see Madagascar 3. <laughs> it's very strange. What's on the card, by the way? Greenberg. Oh. That's what I, okay. That's where I was going. Okay. But thank God. Um, there's something about Mary. Yeah, it was waiting for that one. Uh, that might be it for me. I don't know if I have anything else. While we're young. Boy, what has he done recently? And I can't think of anything. The Secret Life of Walter Mitty was one for me, but... He directed the uh, Escape from Denimora miniseries on Showtime. Did he? Which was wonderful. Benicio Del Toro and Paul Dano. He did a good job with it. Patricia Arquette. Yeah, it's really good. You'd like that a lot. Are you tapped? Yeah. Okay. Let's see what we missed. Ben Stiller. Yeah, if you if you throw in his directing work, actually, I think we named all the movies he directed. Uh, he was just in Hubie Halloween. <laughs> he was. Yeah. Oh, he did that movie Brad Status a couple years ago. Okay. Um. Yeah. Well, I think I got all the the Bombach movies while we're young. Tower Heist. Oh, shit. Ah, that's right. Megamind, he was a voice in I'm Still Here. He showed up in a cameo. That's right. That's right. Actually, he was shooting Greenberg in the movie. So that's actually a little double double dip there. Heartbreak Kid. That was a good pull from you. Yeah. Oh, Mystery Men. Fuck. Um, He was in Empire of the Sun. What the hell? Along came Polly. I think we did pretty good there. Yeah, that's not bad, actually. Royal Tenenbaums. Come on. Royal Tenenbaums. Uh, hmm. I was like, what has he done with Wes Anderson? Can't believe I forgot that. There you go. Good one, though. Good one. Okay. Good battle. The score is two to one. Tommy. Tommy. You're searching for Tom Hardy. I'm, I'm desperately. I think we did Michael B. Jordan already. Yes, we? we did. Okay. Did we do The Rock? I think so. I think so too. I could be wrong. And I think did we do Willem Dafoe? We did Willem Dafoe on like a degrees of separation, but I don't think we actually did filmographies. No. Do you want to do it? Sure. Okay. Uh, Spider Man. <laughs> Spider Man two. He shows up in Spider Man two voice role or whatever in no, the mirror in the mirror harry i'm here well he does talk to harry though in spider-man 3 voiceover you can do that spider-man 3 bitch okay uh the lighthouse good movie mm-hmm. good performance in that movie Great movie. um uh <laughs> martyrs or no no i, I mean uh, antichrist sorry antichrist antichrist <laughs> Uh, all right. Uh, the Loveless. Platoon. Ah, oh, good one. Born on the 4th of July. Mm-hmm. That was my next one. <sighs> What's the movie he did where he played Van Gogh? What's that movie called? Is it just called Van Gogh? No, it's not. No. It's not called Van Gogh, is it? It's like Eternal something. 
right? Something like that. Ah, what's that movie called? Eternal? I'll I'll think I know. I, I almost want to say the name. But if I, I I'll say it, mm. but and if that's and if it sounds right to you on my go, uh I'll give it to you. What what's the name? Eternal Beauty? No. No? Okay. I'm looking it up. Fuck it. Yeah. No, 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 no. I no. won't count it. I'm looking it up. But you're going to see other movies. <laughs> no, I won't. Here. Are you sure? <laughs> I'm just going to look up. No, I'm going to look up Eternal. Okay. At Eternity's Gate. At Eternity's Gate. Shit. Okay. But I won't use it. It's okay. Okay. I'll think of something else. Don't worry about it. Good. Shadow of the Vampire. Oh, I, I was going to. Oh. Okay. It's okay. I'll, I'll, I'll name something. Sorry. Go ahead. I got a name too now. Ah, Willem Defoe. Old Willem. Good actor. I like him. Me too. Every time I see him, though, now it makes me want to vomit because <laughs> of Antichrist. I have that sort of visceral reaction every time I see Willem <laughs> Defoe's face. Come on. I have a bunch. I miss an obvious one, Sam. Huh? Oh! oh! Finding Nemo. Not not what I was going to say, but fine. <laughs> Wild at heart. Obviously. One of my favorite movies. I have not seen because I can't fucking find it. He's so good in that movie. Did he work with Lynch again? I don't think so. Willem. Come on. Come on. Oh, goodness. Oh, goodness gracious. I'm tapping. Tapping out. You're tapping. I'm tapping. What do you got? Dude. The, the Life Aquatic, Steve Zissou, Fantastic uh, Mr. Fox, Grand Budapest Hotel. Uh, <laughs> what? What? Pasolini. <laughs> Florida Project. Yep. Death Note. Death Note. <laughs> he was finding in, dory he was in like a scene in uh uh heaven's gate oh god john wick john wick the first john wick all right you win that round congrats movie actor what's wait which was the 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 michael cimino film that lost all the money uh heaven's, heaven's gate. gate it is okay yeah because yeah. he was in a little bit of that damn inside man Inside Man, yeah. The Aviator. The Aviator. Which makes me think of another one, Last Temptation of Christ. Boondock Saints. Yeah. Goodness. Basquiat. Oh, my God, I'm There's so mad. There's a lot of... I was like, I have a ton. I'm so mad. I'm a big Willem Dafoe fan. Okay, you win the veto, but I want to I want to prove something. Let's see if I can win this game here. Movie actor. Remember how you play this? I name the movie, then you got to name an actor in that movie, then I got to name a movie that they starred in, then you got to name an actor that starred in that movie, and back and forth until somebody stumps the other person. I think so. Remember? Oh yeah, th- this is this is more strategic though. Right. Th- this is the the real. This is the shitty one. I want to see if I, no, this is fun. It is fun. Yeah, I yeah. want to see if I can do this. I'm not good at this one. Okay. Uh, so I will begin. And the card here is Jonah Hill. So I guess I will name a movie that Jonah Hill was in. Right? Yes. And Wolf of Wall Street is here, but I will not name Wolf of Wall Street. And instead, I will name... 
Uh, Moneyball. Moneyball. And then I got a name, an actor. Yes. Okay. I could play it easy on myself or... Uh, uh, and you got a main movie that the other guy was in? Yes. Spike Jones. Spike Jones shows up in Moneyball? Mm-hmm. He's the husband of Robin Wright. You remember that? Is that Spike Jones? Yeah. Where he's like, hey, tell me how the team's coming together? Yeah. yeah. Yep, he's like, you gave him a phone? You bought the cell phone? Yeah, it's like, yeah, they're old enough. Yep. That's Spike Jones. Yep, and I either... Oh, you, wait a minute. And if you can think of it, that this is... Wait a minute. This is like me taking a risk if you can find it. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Jackass. <laughs> okay. Jackass. All right. All right. No, that's not, that's not terrible. That's not terrible. Right? He shows up in Jackass, right? Yes, of course he yeah. does. Okay. Because there's an obvious one. Sure. I'm just trying to think if there's anything else I could. Where, where did you think I was going to go with Spike Jones? Oh, uh, <laughs> well, I thought you were going to pull out Jackass. You know, if if if, if anything, does he show up in in uh, in uh, being John Malkovich or adaptation or anything? I don't think so. Actually, he might be an adaptation. I guess it's because po- they do the meta thing. Yeah, that's true. There could be a, a couple like like voices that he plays too. I'm yeah. sure. Okay. Uh, man, do I want to do this? Try it. To floor you? Yeah, go ahead. <sighs> okay, Chris Pontius. Fuck, fuck you. He's in an, another movie that I, I know of. <laughs> Forget it. Okay. <laughs> Forget it. You've proven your point. <laughs> I wasn't going to say Johnny Knoxville because there's too many movies. The Ringer. Yeah. I'd yeah, go straight exactly. to The Ringer. <laughs> That's what I was thinking too. <laughs> like Johnny Knoxville is too easy to, to, to fuck me up. I don't remember The Ringer at all. <laughs> when the fuck did we get ice cream? <laughs> there you go. That's for you. Okay. Let's see. Did Spike Jones? Oh no! I could have said Three Kings. Of course, he plays the fourth king in Three Kings. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Shit. Okay. Actually, there were there were a number of choices. Um, shows up at the game, I guess. Well, he, that that makes sense. He does have a cameo in being John Malkovich. Um, does not in adaptation. Okay. My options were kind of limited, though. Go ahead. So Jessica Chastain is the person. Yep. All right. Do I have to name a movie? Uh, yes, you have to name a movie. Okay. Strategically here. It's, uh, it's stressful. Mm. Oh, Jessica, my girl. Yeah, you love Chastain. I do. I love her too. Mm. The Martian. Oh, boy, you've given me a lot of options. Yeah, I know. Because I wasn't going to say Molly's game. You have given me a lot of options. Yeah. Uh, you have to give them options in a way. It can be very beneficial or very much. No, you don't. Sure you do. <laughs> I understand the point is to like get it down to you know nothing. But at the beginning of the game, I'm trying to, trying to play smart. Donald Glover. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> uh, do I want to do 
There's a few options here that I got. <sighs> Which one do I want to pick? Mm. Um, yeah, screw it. I'll go Spider-Man Homecoming. I was hoping you didn't go that way. <laughs> what was I going to say? <laughs> the fucking Lion King. You were going to do Austin Powers and Gold Member. <laughs> Your Beyonce. <laughs> um, wow, that's a that's a. I would have gotten Beyonce Zendaya that way. Zendaya, yeah. To movies that haven't been released count. No. Why not? No, because they're not out yet. Well, what if they're finished? Well, that's a big fucking disadvantage for me if you know who's in the cast of a movie that's not out yet. Come on. No, you can't say Dune. Go fuck yourself. Why can't I say Dune? No. So what? It's Dune. It doesn't exist yet. (laughs) Yes, it does exist. It is available in a can somewhere. That's all you got for Zendaya? No. Uh, (laughs) Can't say a movie that hasn't come out yet. Why not? That's fair. You dick. I, I would give it to you. Um, okay, Zendaya, you fucker. Um, <laughs> I'm going Spider-Man far. That's, that, what a bitch move. Far, far from I thought home. you might do it. I thought you might do it. But I don't know what else what she I said. said. I thought you might not be a bitch for once in your life. What was I going to say? Euphoria? I thought, <laughs> I thought you might not be a bitch, but you I, turned out to be a bitch. I don't know what else so she look, said. Bitches be bitches, all right? You're a bitch. What else You're, is she in? It's a bitch ass move. What else is she in? Bit, I'm just telling you, it's a bitch ass move. What do you want from me? It's a bitch ass What else move. was I going to say? It's fine. What else is there? I can't think of anything. It's a bitch ass move. It's cool. No, it's I, cool. I can't think of I'll anything. I'll play off Spider Man 2. That's fine. Jesus Christ. It's all good with me, man. It's all good. Marissa Tomei. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. Good pick. Uh, Marissa Tomei in a movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I guess... uh, Crazy Stupid Love. Oh, fuck! Fuck! I had a good one. What was it? Nah, I mean, it wasn't that good, but it might have helped a little bit. What was it? It was uh, uh, What Women Want, but you probably would have figured out something good for that. I mean, I would have just said Gibson, I think. Yeah, exactly. I've never seen it. You've so never seen it? Okay, yeah. It. Crazy Stupid Love? <laughs> Jessica Chastain, Wow. This is a vibe. Carell, Carell. That's fine. Steve Carell. Steve Carell? Yeah. Let's see how you go with this. Uh. Uh. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. There's so many choices, but what do I... What do I do? Welcome to Marwin. Oh, goodness. That movie's 
gaining a resurgence. I don't know if you've noticed. Is it? Oh, yeah. Jesus. I haven't seen it yet. No, me neither. People defend that movie. Uh, Janelle Monet. Janelle Monet. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. Do you know who Janelle Monet is? She's in Moonlight. Okay. Is that your movie or No. Okay. <laughs> Antebellum. Oh, no! Oh, go to hell. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> Just suck a bag of dicks. One more. <laughs> By the way, I wasn't 100% sure about that when you said ah! You could have said no. You could have said no, Adam. Ah, She's not in Moonlight. Ah, and then I would have been fucked. <laughs> oh, God. God damn it. Jake Gyllenhaal. Okay. Enemy. No, I got to name it. <laughs> Say Enemy. And then you win. <laughs> Is no one else an enemy? No. I won't say enemy. It's okay. There actually is one, but like I said, that'll just be another string. Nightcrawler. Okay. Uh, Riz Ahmed. Oh, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be mean. You just did it to me. Fuck you. Sound of metal. Sound of metal? Just came out a week ago on Amazon. No. Never even heard of the movie. Yeah. Actually I do. I had heard of it, but yeah. That's okay. it. Yeah. yeah. I had no idea. Fine. <laughs> Two can play this game. <laughs> you name an antebellum on me. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Hanks. Oh no. <laughs> Jesus. You, you gotta go. Uh Greyhound. Ah! <laughs> We're gonna play that game. <laughs> you heard of that one? I didn't see Greyhound. <laughs> Me neither. What are you crazy? <laughs> Fine, you win. <laughs> what do we got? Who's that? Stallone? <laughs> Hold on. You have you you, you have Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> Stallone. Okay. I named Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh, I yeah, yeah, oh, you, oh, you keep, oh, it, you I, keep, I keep it. the card. Yeah, yeah okay. I keep the card. <laughs> Stallone. Okay. Uh, I have a good answer that would probably stump you. <laughs> Stallone. Dread. No, Judge Dread, I mean. Judge Dread. Judge, yeah. Judge Dread. Uh. Christ. I don't remember who was in Judge Dredd. Oh, I know who was in Judge Dredd. <laughs> but again, it's a, it's a, we won't stop here. Uh, oh, I just remembered who's in Judge Dredd. Yeah, Rob Reiner. Or Rob, Rob Schneider, Jesus. Is that what you're going to say? Schneider, yeah. Yeah. Home Alone, too. Good one. <laughs> Thank you. Don't say Trump. I was going to say Trump. Don't say Trump. <laughs> does that too? Does that too? Don't say Trump. <laughs> Why not? 
Give me one good reason why I shouldn't say Trump. Then I can just name one of the fucking documentaries that Trump was in. So what? <laughs> I'm not saying Trump. Although I think he was in a movie with like, um, like Steve Coogan or something. Was he? That's weird. Uh, oh no! Two weeks' notice with uh, with Hugh Grant and Sandra Bullock. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying Donald Trump. Okay. Uh, he was also in Zoolander. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. Uh, hmm. I can't. I can't do that. Oh boy! And I can't do that. Mm. Oh, boy. Uh, do I want to do this? It could fuck me. Go ahead. Kieran and Culkin. Ooh, Kieran Culkin. Kieran. Obviously, Succession, he's wonderful in. Hey, maybe it's a movie. It's not. <laughs> it's definitely not. What, what would the director have to say about that? Kieran Culkin was in Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Yes, he was. And I have just left myself open to some bad shenanigans. No, not, I mean, there's many, many, many actors in that movie. Oh, boy. Hmm. The avenues, though. So many great avenues. Who do I go with? Uh, Jason Schwartzman. Bottle rocket. Schwartzman, huh? Yeah. Well, is he in Bottle Rocket? Yeah, he's in Bottle Rocket. Sure he is. Schwartzman? Who does he play? Is he not in Bottle Rocket? I. Who does he play? I don't know. I can't remember him in that movie. He's in Bottle Rocket, isn't he? He's in Rushmore. He's in all the fucking... Maybe I'm thinking of Rushmore. Schwartzman's not in Bottle Rocket. Okay, can I get another Wes Anderson movie, please? Yes. Can I get a fill-in? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, he was in all of them. He's in Royal Tenenbaums. I'll give you Royal Tenenbaums. Okay. He is in Royal Tenenbaums, right? He's in all the fucking movies, isn't he? I'm not sure he's in Royal Tenenbaums. Yes, he is. If he's not in Royal Tenenbaums, I'm not giving you he's this He's definitely one. in Royal Tenenbaums. If he's not in it, you do not get this one. That's, that's two in a row. <laughs> How is he not in Royal Tenenbaums? <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> I'm not sure he is. I know a bunch that he's in. But... He's in Moonrise Kingdom, right? He's in he's in all of them. He is in Moonrise Kingdom. <laughs> he's not in <laughs> What? <laughs> I oh here's the problem though, is because every fucking character in a Wes Anderson movie is the same. Oh, really? <laughs> 
He's not in Royal Tenenbaums. I'm not sure I could give you this one. That's fine. You win. You win. (laughs) He's in Fantastic Mr. Fox. Yep. He's in Moonrise Kingdom. Yep. He's in Grand Budapest Hotel. Yep. Rushmore, of course. He's in Rushmore. The Darjeeling Limited. How did I name two Wes Anderson movies and neither? I was was going to say. Just, I got to just take a stab at it. Just (laughs) throw a dart at the dartboard with my eyes closed and I find him just by naming a Wes Anderson movie. I should have said the Darjeeling Limited. If you would actually, uh, if there was any connection. One more. You win the game and you win the veto and everything, but one more. Okay. Okay. Because I want to beat you at something. (laughs) And you're frustrating me. I don't want to do that. Where's, where's, oh, I already have time. Here. Oh, go ahead. Look at this. Look at Charlize in Fury Road. Oh, don't name monster because I can't name another actor. Yeah, I, can't, I wasn't gonna. I was gonna do that. Don't but do that. To and me. I was like, that's too easy. I don't, think. Don't do that to me. Mm. Well, let's have a little fun. Let's start with um 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 uh, the Devil's Advocate. <laughs> let's let's have some fun. <laughs> Pacino. Okay. <laughs> let's see where you go. Geely, of course. <laughs> now there is one name. There is one name that there's, there's one name that like, can stump you. No, no, but it would be fun to take it in this direction of all of all directions. I'm gonna go Affleck. Okay, but what was that name? I was thinking Justin Bartha. <laughs> then you <could> go to. <laughs> <laughs> National Treasure, maybe Diane Kruger. Had a real run in like the early 2000s, that guy. Yeah. I like him. He's fine. Yeah. From National Treasure to Hangover. That's a pretty good run. It could be worse. Yeah. Could do a lot worse. Yeah. All right. So you said Ben Affleck? Yes. <sighs> the sum of all fears. Oh, God. You know, I hate losing to you and I just <laughs> lost again. <laughs> And it's not fun. <laughs> and I wouldn't recommend it. You want to stop? I want to stop. I'm waving the white flag. Okay. Who did I get? This was, You win everything. You win the whole game. That's not true. You win. You win. You won the veto. Great. You have two vetoes over me now. <laughs> That's phenomenal. This makes me happy. All right. All right. Happy well, holidays. <laughs> happy holidays. This year sucks. <laughs> so who are my names? Here's my lineup. Mia Farrow in a movie with... Anne Hathaway, Willem Dafoe, Jonah Hill, Jessica Chastain, Tom Hanks, and Charlize Theron. What did I win? Stallone with... Uh, and uh, Gyllenhaal. And Gyllenhaal. <laughs> Stallone and Gyllenhaal. Well, that's a pretty good movie. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, all right. I'll do it. Next week is Christmas. Enjoy the holiday. We're taking a break here. But then the week after that, it's the last week of the year. It's our annual Top 10 List podcast. You got some movies to watch. I got guy. a lot of movies to watch. You got some movies to watch. I think the next couple of pods aren't even us doing like like years. It's just recapping movies. Yeah, there's a there's a lot to get to. But yeah, uh, yeah we're going to do it. It's always my favorite pod of the year. Mm-hmm. I love it. So um, although it's a it's an abnormally thin year, we're going to try to maintain normalcy as much as possible. We can do it. I have 10 good movies in my top 10. I have I mean, 10 movies that I like. I have. Yeah, no, I have 10 good movies that, you know. I, I, I like them, but just in any other year, they wouldn't be in the top 10. Yes, you know? I agree. Aside from like two or three. Yeah. Um, happy holidays. I love you yeah. very much. Uh, thanks for sticking with us throughout this very chaotic year. 
Uh, I hope that we could bring hour and a half of enjoyment to your otherwise pretty painful day. That's what we do here, right? Well, I guess. Sometimes two hours. Unless you want to play me in Cinephile. (laughs) Uh, All right. I love you. Until next time, uh, goodbye. Goodbye. (laughs) Goodbye.